All right, everybody. So we're going to start off with prayer. I'm just going to pray really quick over the meeting, and then we'll get started, all right? All right, so Father God, we thank you for tonight, God. We thank you for um, the revelation that you've given me, Lord. Lord, I thank you that, um, Lord, you're with us, God, and you're helping communicate this revelation unto the people of God here. Lord, I thank you that every heart would be open. God, every mind would be open as well to receive what you have for them. God, let um, this word be a living word um, unto your people, and I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So I know there's some newer faces that I may not have completely met yet. So I'm Andrew, by the way. Um, so let me see. Let me open up my iPad here. So just a little bit about myself. So I've been at Winter's Church since pretty much the beginning, I would say. Um, so that was back in 2012. Um, been here ever since. So I was actually one of the first like youth group people, members, I guess, um, and kind of just grew up throughout um, the church, you know, and really, um, really have learned a lot um, under Pastor Ziggy's teaching um, and really under all the ministry gifts that we have here at Winter's Church. Um, all of them have equally impacted me. Um, and now um, what I do at the church is sing on the worship team. Um, and also minister with the kiddos in the back. So, um, yeah, so just that's a little bit about me. Um, my beautiful wife, Jasmine, is right behind Miss Rhonda. She's in the blue. Hello. So, anyway, love you, dear. Um, so we'll get started, get diving in here. So do you guys have notebooks or anything? Okay, or even your phones where you type out notes. Reason being is I'm gonna start off with a lot of definitions. Um, because I really, when I get into the word, I really like to look at what words mean. Because um, I feel like when you know what a word means or synonyms for words, um, it really gives new life to whatever words you're looking at. Um, and it helps you see things in a different, different perspective. So the first, oh, hold on, forgot my uh, title here. So um, today's title to this uh, teaching is, Whose Report Do You Believe? So the first definition I want you guys to either write down or you can look it up later too, um, is believe. So to believe is to accept as truth or feel sure of the truth of. So to accept as truth, to feel sure of the truth of. So the truth of something. Um, so that led me to look at the word accept. So to accept something, it means your consent to receive. So to accept something is your consent to receive. Which then led me to look at receive. So receive is to be given, presented with, or paid something. So to be given, presented with, or paid something. And then I looked up two, there's actually three more. Uh, so one of them, and well, you'll see why I'm giving you all of these here in just a minute. Um, so the next one is ask. So like ask a question. So to ask is to say something 
in order to obtain an answer or some information. So ask is to say something in order to obtain an answer or some information. And then to say something is to, or to, the definition of say is utter words so as to con convey information, an opinion, a feeling, or intention, or an instruction. So to say is to utter words so as to convey information, an opinion, a feeling, or an intention, or an instruction. So in that one, the Lord put on my heart the word instruction. This is the last one, um, which is really, really good. So these are synonyms for instruction. It's not necessarily definitions of instruction, but these are different definitions. So other words for instruction are order, command, directive, decree, mandate, dictate, um, requirement, stipulation, to charge, uh, ruling, pronouncement, summons, subpoena, and then the last one is warrant. So getting into all this, if you have your Bibles, we'll go to Matthew 21, verse 22. Like when you're there, say amen. Amen. You got your Bible, Monte? No, I'm just playing. You got your phone? Okay, so Matthew 21, 22 says, And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Another version, um, and this is the NIV. That last one was the King James Version. Another version is NIV, and it says, If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So again, th that verse is what really led me to look at those definitions. So if you believe, so let's go back to the definition. So if you accept as truth, you will be given whatever, uh, let me see, whatever you ask for. So whatever you, um, whatever you say, right? And to say is to give an instruction, right? Utter words of instruction or utter words of decree, utter words of order, of commanding, of mandating. So that's, that was what I got there. Um, and then Mark eleven twenty two through 24. We'll go ahead and go there. Mark eleven twenty two through 24. Mark eleven twenty two through 24. All right, and this says, Jesus replied, have faith in God constantly. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart in God's unlimited power, but believes that what he says is going to take place 
it will be done for him accordance with God's word. For this reason, I am telling you, whatever things that you ask for in prayer according with God's will, believe with confident trust that you have received them and they will be given to you. So what I want you guys to see tonight, and again, keep in mind, whose report do you believe? I want that question to, to keep um, bringing itself up in your mind. Whose report are you believing? Um, and you can even say, whose report are you receiving? So one of the things that I notice in, in reading these verses of scripture is there's a connection between believing, receiving, asking, saying, right? So all of these things are connected. And it kind of goes into a little bit of what Hilda had talked about a couple Wednesday nights um, ago about this. I think she had a lot of the same scriptures. So believing and saying opens the door for you to receive, right? So if you, whatever you're saying out of your, your mouth, you have to be careful, obviously, what, what you say, because the power of life and death are in your tongue. But also, it matters what, what are you believing, right? Because what you believe and what you say is what most likely you're going to receive, right? So, and vice versa is true. So, like with receiving, you know, like I said, if you're receiving um, bad news, like, or something like that, you can sometimes allow that to change your belief, right? So, you know, you go to the doctor, right? You know what God's word says, but you go to the doctor and they give you a bad report. You can allow that to sink into your thoughts. You can allow that to sink into your heart because really it starts here. So if it's in your thoughts and it sinks down into your heart, that's where the trouble comes. And you can't let those things that are not God's word, what, not what God's word says about you, about what's for you, seep into your heart if it's, if it's not his word. Um, cause, and even with uh, believing, so we were created and fashioned together to believe, right? So think about this. When you got saved, how did you get saved? By faith. And what is faith? Faith is, yes, there's belief involved, right? So you, you are not, you weren't just like, yeah, I'm, I'm doubting, but I'm, I'm saved. That's not really a true salvation, right? You were, you were saved and, and, and sanctified when you truly believed it in your heart, right? That's when that revelation came. Um, and so I give an example of this. Um, hopefully I don't jack this example up. Um, it's of, so Pastor Ziggy often gives this example. I've heard him say it a couple times about like a package, right? A package that you receive, right? So you can think about it with, you know, UPS, USPS, FedEx, Amazon, whoever, whoever the carrier is. Um, there are some packages that arrive because you're expecting them, right? You ordered it, it comes to your house, right? Um, there's some packages you didn't know were coming. You're like, why is this package here? This ain't my package. Um, the packages that showed up that you ordered, right? Those ones are most likely you're like, yes, I ordered that. I receive it. I'm going to bring it in my house. Um, the ones you don't expect, most of the time, hopefully, you question them. You know, if it doesn't have your name on it, you're like, what is this? This isn't, this isn't mine. Um, 
And so with that being said, we can equate that to what God's word says, right? Or even just our belief system. So we may expect a package that's coming. We ordered it, right? And you can take it two ways, right? So you can, some people speak out negative things. They believe negative things. They create a world of negativity. And that's the package that comes to them. That's what comes to them because your world is framed by the words that you speak. And so their packages that are showing up at their door are just bad news. They're bad. And since they expected it, since they're the ones that ordered it, they take it in gladly, right? They just shoo, take it in. Um, but the same is true opposite, right? So if you know what God's word says and you are believing it, you're saying it, right? When that package comes, you're not surprised by it. You accept it and gladly receive it. Now, when it comes to the packages that, you know, you may, you may be believing God's word, saying it, and a package comes that's bad news, right? It's not yours. It's that package that I'm talking about that was unexpected, right? What do you do with that package? You don't take it in because you know it's not yours. You know it doesn't belong to you, right? And so what God was showing me through that is the fact of, too many times, a lot of people are way too um, curious about those packages that don't belong to them. They take them in, they open them up, they, what is this? Ooh, maybe this is for me. And they're looking at it because, you know, some people, they just, they're not, I don't know, they're just too curious. They, they're not fully believing, well, that's not for me. That's not my package. And that's why it's so, so, so important I mean, I can't stress it enough that you know what God's word says about what belongs to you. Um, you know, sickness, it doesn't belong to you. Um, disease, it doesn't belong to you. Um, you know, healing belongs to you. Um, being poor does not belong to you. Um, having turmoil and anxiety, it doesn't belong to you. Um, and there's plenty of scripture, there's plenty of scripture in, in the Bible that tells you, I mean, that, that's what the Bible's for, is to tell us what is ours and to, to help us to, um, to believe for it because that's what God's word. His word is alive, it's living. Um, let me see. So, kind of got ahead of myself here. So, do, 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 do. So here's the other thing. So until you bring those packages inside, right, you can't enjoy the benefits of them or you can't, you know, obviously not enjoy the benefits of them if they're bad package, <laughs> right? So a lot of people, they believe and they even say, right, but they're not believing maybe in their heart, right? As the word says, which I believe that is up here. Pretty sure I believe that. Yeah, or I read that. So in Mark eleven twenty two through 24, remember it said, um, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, right? Or, um, yeah, does not doubt in his heart in God's unlimited power, but believes. So instead of doubt in their heart, they're believing in their heart. And so with that being said, some people, they... 
And again, remember, there's a correlation between believing and receiving. So some people are doing half of it, right? Because believing is only half of it. Saying is only a piece of it. You, but you need all the pieces, right? So you may say it, you may believe it, but if you're not believing it with your, with your heart without doubt, that package, because you're saying it, so it's going to come, right? Because you're, you're saying it. But when you're saying it, it's going to come to your doorstep. It's going to be there. It's available for you. But you never take it inside. You just have a stack of packages in, in the front. So what I would ask you guys tonight, too, is how many of you have a pile of packages at your doorstep that God's waiting for you to bring inside? Um, and not only just to be brought inside, but to open, to enjoy, to use, to benefit from. Um, so and another thing, this is, this is kind of just something the Lord gave me as well with that is, you know, when you order something and maybe it's not what you, um, it's not what you ordered, right? It's not what you think it should be um, or it's wrong or it's damaged or anything like that. Normally, what do you do? You contact the sender, right? Or you, you inquire, right? You're not just like, oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's not the stuff I ordered, but I'm just going to take it anyway. You normally would, like if it's Amazon, you're going to be like, I didn't order that. And you contact Amazon, you get it figured out, right? So when something comes to you that you're not sure of, right? So maybe because there are, there are some things, and I'll get into this here in just a moment, but there's some things that are very... Because the devil's sneaky, right? He, that's how he tries to get you in your thoughts, in the things you think, the things you watch. So something may appear very similar. I, I'll take phone cases, for example. I don't know how many of you guys have done this before. I've done it several times. I know my wife has too, and it, it frustrates both of us. We'll buy a phone case thinking it was the right phone case for our phone because there's a thousand iPhones out there, and it turns out it's not the right one because it's the 13 plus X4, and we got the 13 plus X3 or, you know, whatever, and it's like, dang. But they look very similar, right? That's what the enemy will try to do. You know, you may have a package show up that looks very, very similar to what maybe you ordered, but when you're not sure, when you think that it, even if you have any bit of doubt about what it is, that's when you dig deeper into God's word to find out, right? So, and that's, because here's the thing, you're going to believe some things and you're going to have doubt in your heart at times. That's just the reality, right? You're, that's, we're, we're people and that's why we, you know, that's why we come to the healing room. That's why we come to church every Sunday, Wednesday, and every time the doors are open is because we are people hungry for God, right? And we're not perfect. Um, if we were, we would all, you know, if you're perfect, you let me know. I would love to see it, you know? <laughs> Teach me your ways. But, um, you know, that's why Jesus came, to help perfect us as the church, um, you know? And he's coming back for a spotless bride. That's, that's, a, that's what we're striving towards. So with that being said, you know, if you're not sure about something and you have doubt in your heart about it, dig deeper into his word because that's where you're going to find your answer, right? That's where you're going to find everything that you need. It's in his word. Um, and when you're in his word, right, that's when you'll know if something is for you or if it's not for you because um, it's very clear, very, very clear. Um, there's nothing in there that's necessarily confusing, you know, when you study it out. I mean, there may be some things like Old Testament that we're like, what in the world? But if you were to study it out, 
and dig deeper into it, you would get understanding on it and understand what it was talking about. It's very, very clear. Um, so, but before we, before we got saved, right, um, and this goes into what I had just previously, previously said, um, we were children of the darkness, right? We were children of the devil, pretty much. Um, and when we got saved, we were adopted um, into the family of God, right? God adopted us, the father of light. Um, John eight forty four says, you are, and this is talking about, um, I forget who Jesus was talking to right here. I think the Pharisees or somebody, <laughs> pretty harsh word here. I've, maybe it was, it might've been one of the disciples, honestly. Uh, but he said, you are of your father, the devil, and it is your will to practice desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks what is natural of him. Uh, for he is a liar and the father of lies and half truths. And then John 14, six says, I am, and this is talking, or obviously Jesus talking here. Um, I am the way and the truth and the life. So something I'm point, I wanna point out about the characteristics of the enemy, right? So if you notice in that verse, John 8, 44, it says, when he lies, he speaks what is natural. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but he speaks what's natural. He speaks what he sees, right? Because the natural is something that we all see, right? I see you, we're in the natural. But there's also a supernatural, and that's where God operates, right? That's where miracles abound. That's where prosperity is. That All of that is in the supernatural. And those are things that we tap into and bring to the natural, right? Because um, the supernatural affects the natural. And so too many times we believe the lies of the enemy or the media or the lies we tell ourselves. Because listen, we tell ourselves lies all the time um, that aren't true. Um, and that's because we don't know what God's word says about us. Um, the truth is what will set us free. And of course, you guys have heard pastors say this before, but before the truth will set you free, it's going to make you mad. It's going to make you mad first because it's, it's, it's going to begin to call what you've been saying and what you've been believing a lie. And that's offensive. I mean, I don't know if anyone has been called a liar before. Nobody likes that, right? But here's the thing. If you believe something contrary to God's word about you, you're believing a lie. And it's offensive, but you'll get over it, like Pastor would say. <laughs> um, so the truth will supersede all facts. And I know that one's kind of a, again, that one's kind of a tricky thing to understand. But if you think about it, so a fact is something that is natural, right? Um, I'm trying to think of a fact. The fact is if I throw this water bottle up, it's going to come down, right? But, and of course, God's word doesn't say this. I mean, well, I guess it does say it if I ask for it, right? <laughs> but I'm not really asking for it. But if I were to say, you know, Lord, I'm throwing this water bottle up. Lord, move it up and toss it over there. Then he could do it because that's what his word says, Right? Uh, that supersedes the fact of what the natural law is, right? Um, the natural law says that organs can't be completely healed. The natural law says that if you're blind, that you can't just miraculously receive your sight, right? That's what the natural world would say. 
But the truth, which is what? Jesus supersedes that. Um, he's the way, the truth, and the life. And so um, the truth is supernatural. It is not a natural thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. When God says his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts, this is what he means, right? He means that we're, we as natural people, you know, we try to think in the natural. But if you think about our original design, we were not called to, to think naturally. We were called to think supernaturally. I mean, back in the Garden of Eden, that's, that's a supernatural thing. I mean, just think about this. I heard it said this way. For Adam to have named everything, like, just think about in your mind. Do you think that you could name, it, how long, number one, how long would it take you to name everything in this room, right? But think about if you had never, if you never knew the name that, like, a chandelier is a chandelier. If you had to name everything, that's crazy. That, that's supernatural. Like, that's, those thoughts are not natural thoughts. Nat, a natural mind cannot, it can't process like that. That's a supernatural mind, right? And so we were called in, in, um, to live in that supernatural realm. Um, so I was watching the other day this documentary about um, that Malaysian flight that went missing. I got dragged into it because I love a good conspiracy. <laughs> Not going to lie. I'm like, ooh, that's juicy. Um, but with that being said... Um, so pretty much for those of you who don't know, pretty much this flight went missing, missing out of midair. And of course there's evidence that leads to this. There's evidence that leads to that. Then there's no evidence. The media is telling one thing, uh, different people that are like researching are saying something else. The government saying one thing, like all these different voices are saying, well, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. And having theories about it, I mean, if you guys like that kind of stuff, definitely check it out. Because um, then you'll get what I mean. But everyone had their thoughts, their ideas of what had happened to that plane. Um, there are many facts and opinions, right, about what happened. But there's only one truth, right? There's only one truth. And that's true to everything. Um, that's true to our walk with God. There are so many voices, there's so many opinions, there's so many things that people will try to say and do, um, but here's the thing, there's only one truth, and that truth is found in God's word. So we have to continually be in his word to know what's in it. So that way, when those other voices come, when those other opinions come, we know what to believe, we know what voice to follow, right? Um, I'm probably gonna butcher this scripture because I did not have it in here. But it talks about how, you know, there's many voices, but pretty much that the, you'll follow the Lord's voice, pretty much. The sheep here, the sheep know his voice, right? Um, another they will not follow. There we go. Amen. Got my concordance out there, whatever that is. <laughs> Thank you. Is that what it's called, right? Whenever? Concordance? Okay. Concordance. <laughs> so with that being said... The question still remains, whose report will you believe? Whose report are you going to receive? Um, when it comes to healing, you know, you can believe what your body is telling you. 
because your body is going to speak to you. Your body, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes when I wake up in the morning, my body is saying a lot of things. It's saying, it's telling me, don't get out of bed. Don't go to the gym, you know. You should stay in the bed for another 10 minutes and then hit snooze again and be in there for another 15, and then, you know. Or just don't get up. Just stay in bed. It'll be fine. Um, you know, you may have different symptoms. You may have aches, pains, all these physical signs, right? Um, I was walking up... <laughs> is so bad. I was walking up some flights of stairs at the uh, Thunder game uh, up the parking garage stairs because I parked at the very top and I took the elevator down but I thought on the way up I said we can go is Gabe asleep? <laughs> I heard some snoring. I was like what is that? But um, sorry brother you're in the youth now I gotta call you out. <laughs> no but um so we went up the uh, flight of, well, it was like, gosh, I think it was like eight flights of stairs. It was a lot. It was five stories. It's five stories high. And it was cold outside. And as I'm going up, I had my nephews with me that are 11, and then my son, Josiah. Lord, me and Josiah, need to, we need to get active, more active than we are. <laughs> my nephews, they play basketball. They were like, whoop, right up the stairs. Josiah and I get to about the fourth level and Josiah's like, Dad, I can't do it. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm thinking, son, I'm not sure if I can either. <laughs> you know, because your, knee, you know, your knees are starting to cry out, you know, all sorts of stuff. But we all have those things, right? Because your body is going to, whether you like it or not, your body is going to say things to you, right? It's going to speak to you. Um, sometimes it speaks good things, right? Sometimes it says, man, I feel great today. I'm going to get up out of bed. I'm going to be productive. It, sometimes it says that. Um, Family members, right? Family members, they have a lot to say, right? Uh, about what you're going through, about what you should do about it. Um, sometimes they try to put sickness on you. Um, they're like, ooh, you, you know, you sneeze. They're like, ooh, I think that's COVID, or that's this, or that's this. Or, um, you know, they try to put, generationally, they try to put stuff on you. Oh, yeah, your your granddad had that. You're, yep, your mom, she's... Yep. All the women in our family have that. All the men in our family have this. Um, they try to put stuff on you, right? Um, and with that being said, family has a lot to say, right? Sometimes it's good too, right? I'm not all bad, but most of the time it's probably not. Um, doctors, they have a lot to say, right? And doctors have gone to school. Um, they've, you know, and we love doctors, so I'm not against doctors. I just want to say that up front. But doctors have a lot to say, but doctors are not taught, doctors are not taught to go off of the word. They're taught to go off of the natural, right? And so, um, you know, they, they, they say something to you, and because they've, you know, had all this schooling, they've had all this stuff, a lot of the time people will just trust what their diagnosis is, right? Um, <clears throat> but again, doctors, they only deal in the facts, they don't deal in the truth. Not all of them. Some of them do. Um, another thing. This is another one. So some of you guys, and I have to say sometimes I'm this person, um, you believe the things that you research, right? That you go on the, on the Internet and you find, you go to Google, uh, you go to WebMD, you go to, you know, whatever it is. You try to find answers, right? Um, but again, all of this to say, 
whose report will you believe? Whose report are you going to receive? Um, the other important part about this that I haven't really spoken a lot about tonight is the fact that when we open our mouths and ask and speak, right? So the scripture in Matthew 21 and Mark 11 not only talks about believing and receiving, but it also talks about speaking. Speaking is one of the key elements as well um, to believe and receive what God has already given you in the spirit. Because all these things, think about it like this. Um, think about Amazon. They have a warehouse. Everything that you need from Amazon is already at the warehouse. All you got to do is what? Place your order. The good thing and the only difference between the analogy, you know, between Amazon and Jesus is your, you got an unlimited gift card with Jesus. In that storehouse, it's paid for. Everything's paid for. You just got to order it. It's, it's already on order. And so with that being said, um, too many times we may believe something, right? We may believe something, but we never speak it. Um, and this in turn causes us not to receive. So sometimes I know a lot of people out there that they have, they have gotten into the word about a specific sub, you know, subject, um, and they are believing, 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 but they never open their mouth. Or when they're opening their mouth, it's not what they're believing for, right? It's the, it's the your bot, you know, you're believing for healing for your knees and you're speaking out, man, my knees are killing me. My knees are this, or man, my knees are so bad, man, turning older, there's those knees, you know, all these things we're saying are contrary to what we're believing and it cancels out what we're trying to do. Or I wouldn't even say cancels, it puts a kink in the hose, right? Um, cause it's not that, cause when I say cancels, it makes it sound like you have to, you know, it's not a thing of, oh, I said this, you know, six, 60 times, one time of believing and saying, and that, that thing can be turned around. It's not like you have to, it's not a scoreboard, right? It's not like, oh, I said, you know, my knees are killing me 60 times. I have to say they're not killing me 60, 61 times to be back on the positive. It's not that way. It's that one time of believing and receiving. You can turn that. I think Hilda, Hilda said it this way. There's a, what'd she say? A faith walk or faith zone, I think is what she said. You're, you're literally a second away from being back in the faith zone. It's not a thing of you got to work super hard to get back over there. It's like as soon as you believe and you start saying you're back in the faith zone to receiving what he has for you. Um, and so in order to take, to take possession of something, we have to, again, believe, say, and receive, right? So there's three steps. Um, and sometimes we get scared um, of what people would think or what people may say, you know, if we were to speak something. Like I'll take, for example, um, and this is, this is, again, it sounds a little crazy sometimes, but um, this isn't necessarily a secret or anything. But my wife and I, we are believing for a child, right? Um, and we have been for, for, it was a secret. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but we've been believing for a child for about four years. I and mean, we've been married for four years in July. And so, um, you know, we've had several reports of, you know, bad reports. We've had some good reports. We've had all sorts of reports. And... Um, 
recently, it was probably back in maybe September, October, the Lord was really dealing with me about this, about this certain subject. Now, I didn't know, I didn't know about it, that I was really dealing with it and walking through it until January, but he reminded me of that time. And so what I was always doing is, so number one, I would look at the scripture. I would kind of believe it. Um, I would believe it until I saw something in the natural that said contrary, right? So I'm like, yeah, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And then Mother Nature swings through, and I'm like, dang, he didn't do it. You know, or, you know, I'm like, he's going to do it. He's doing it. He's doing it. And then we get a bad report. Dang, he didn't do it. And so I was, and what would happen is I would allow those things to come out of my mouth. I would allow the negative things to come out of my mouth. And I, like, like what I just said, I'd be like, dang, he didn't do it. It's like, well, no, he, it's not that he didn't do it. It's that I'm not doing what his word says. And so um, I finally got a grasp of that and started to believe it and started to say it. And what he spoke to me was, and this is really, it was very, some of you guys remember, because I think I told, I think it was Rhonda, maybe Nakia, and I know I told and I know I told Rhonda and Anna for sure, but the Lord was telling me, and I think I told Pastor too, the Lord was telling me to, I heard my, I saw myself and heard myself saying, hey, Jasmine's pregnant. Like I was telling a friend, right? It was like, it was almost like it was already done. Like I was announcing it to somebody and he had put that on me and I'm like, ooh, I'm like, Lord, but, but she's like in the natural, she's not. Like that doesn't make any sense um, for me to do that. Like, and another thing, like some people know we're believing for it. So then they're going to be like, what are you serious? You know, they're going to be excited. Like, but with that being said, I was obedient. You know, I spoke it. I said, I'm like, I, I feel like I need to, now, of course I prefaced it with, I was like, Hey, this is what the Lord told me. So I'm going to say it. And I said it. And before I said it to anybody else, anybody else, I said it out loud to myself in the car several times. Um, and sometimes you have to do that. Again, it sounds crazy because in the natural, the facts were she wasn't, right? Um, but here's the thing. God's word and God's supernatural realm is not what we see in the natural. So when we are speaking, it's like we're placing that order, right? Um, we believe, so we're, we're browsing, right? We're looking, we find what we need. Okay, I need that. You believe that it's there. I believe that if I order it, it's going to come to me. It's like that FedEx, you know, or, or Amazon order. So with that being said, um, I started to speak. And so when I was speaking, I was ordering what was coming. And then there came, um, there came, here's the thing. When you, sometimes you're believing in your mind and sometimes you doubt in your heart, right? But there is a moment and you'll know when that moment is when that belief in your head when it drops in your heart, when, it, when, that, when that belief goes from here to here, there's a settling. There's something that says, it's already done. Like God provided it, it's here. Whether I see it, whether I feel it, it's done. Like nothing can stop it, right? That's the place I'm at right now. Like even if, even if I don't see a baby materialize, you know, with, with my wife or, or, you know, us until it could be four years from now, but guess what? It's done. It's already finished. It, like nothing can stop it. The, the, the devil can't do nothing. 
because he could do something when he was making me doubt, but I don't doubt anymore about that. And so with that being said, it's, it's finished. Um, and, but here's the thing, uh, it might look foolish. Some of the things that he asks you to do, it's gonna, it might look foolish. Some of it doesn't, but some of it does. Um, let me take you to 1 Corinthians one twenty seven. First Corinthians one twenty seven. Hopefully that's the right scripture. So I'm actually going to read from verse 18 down to 27. So 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 27, and it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written that I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the, of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosophy of this age? Has not God made the foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Um, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those who... God has called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. So I read that scripture because here's the thing. Things may look foolish to us, to our human minds, but even the, even the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisest of our wisdom. So again, you have to say what he tells you to say. Um, when you are on your deathbed and you're saying, you're saying things like, I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm, I'm getting out of this bed right now, and you do those things, it's going to seem foolish because people will be like, well, you, the doctor said this, the doctor said that. You know, you sh oh, wait, you shouldn't say that. You shouldn't get up because, you know, you, you need to rest, you know, get some strength. But if the Lord is telling you and that's what his word says about you, I mean, that's what you should be doing. That's what you should be doing. If, if you, because here's the thing, you don't have, I'll say this, you don't have to speak and believe, right? By, nat by the, the, the natural, it is possible, right, for you to, receive healing so to speak in the natural you you could take medicine do whatever but here's the thing going that route is not guaranteed going the route of god's word is guaranteed because it doesn't come back void at all um it it, it doesn't it doesn't come back with the insufficient it's always paid for on time um, may not be your time but it's on time and um, yeah, with that being said as well, 
Um, let's go to Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. So again, I had read this earlier, a little bit of it, um, and I'm actually going to read twenty as well. Sorry. So it says, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. So again, what you speak has the power, because most, I'll say this, the, the Bible talks about out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does what? It speaks. So with that being said, most of the time, what you're speaking is probably, I'm going to say probably, but not always, is probably what you are believing. So therefore, it's the power of life and death. I mean, it really is. Um, if you're believing God's word right in your head and you're maybe speaking some negative things, praise the Lord, you're on the right avenue at least. But if you are believing negative things and speaking negative things, that's where death comes in, right? But the opposite is true as well. You're believing in your heart, and you're not doubting, and you're speaking what God's word says, that's where the life comes in. That's where life can, can flow where, where death was before. Um, let me see. So, and another thing that I, I wanted to point out that he kind of was pointing out to me was, um, if we are speaking, what is it that we're saying? How are we saying it? You know, are we saying it sarcastically? Are we saying it quietly? Are we saying it boldly? Is it in public? Is it in private? Um, one of the biggest things that I've, one of the biggest things that I've found that the enemy will really try to do to, especially to God's people, not so much the people in the world, because he, they don't know God's word and he just get them to speak whatever. But one thing that God, that uh, the enemy will try to do to God's people is what I've seen is he will try to keep you silent. If he can get you, because again, part of this is it's not just believing. It's not just believing and then receiving, right? Some people say, you know, they miss that part of that scripture where it says when you believe in your heart, you know, that, and, and ask that he'll do it for you, right? If you, if you believe. But some people are missing the, the saying part of that. Um, and so with that being said, what are you speaking and how are you speaking it? Are you speaking um, you know, again, that's one of the things, one thing I used to battle with a lot was anxiety. And one of the things that would happen when I would have like a panic attack, would I wouldn't be able to speak. It was like, I was frozen. Like I couldn't, I couldn't move. I was paralyzed almost. And it was horrifying because at those times it was like, I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't speak. Right. Um, and the Lord showed me that that was a ploy of the enemy to get me not to speak. If he could get me in a paralyzed state, if I'm paralyzed or immobilized, I cannot be any um, help to anybody. I can't be any light to anybody, right? I'm frozen. Um, and, you know, the same is true. I'll, I'll kind of interject this. It's not my notes. But the other day I was praying and um, the Lord highlighted something about ADHD to me. Because I know a lot of people 
will say that they have ADHD or ADD and all these, all these different things that are out there um, about attention and about, you know, not being able to pay attention. And the Lord brought to a uh, scripture to mind. And it's funny cause I was praying this, I was praying the scripture and then he connected it for me. Like he was like, Ooh, you need, he's like, this is for this. And it was the scripture of, um, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I had never seen, cause you know, when you think sound mind, you think more like anxiety. You think more like somebody that's crazy, right? Somebody that maybe has lost their mind. But he was like, no, he's like, when you're not able to focus, you can't be effective. And the enemy has gotten too many people to believe that they have ADHD or that they have ADD. They can't focus. They can't um, stop from fidgeting. They can't stop from doing all this. But here's the thing. God's word provided for that. He said, you have a sound mind. So your mind has to line up to the word of God in the name of Jesus. It, it, it has to be. It's a sound mind. A sound mind is not unfocused. A sound mind is not over here, over there, squirrel. You know, it's not like that. But here's the thing. A lot of the time what we've done, and this again goes back into whose report are you believing? Are we believing what the doctors say? Are we believing what the world says? Because the world will say, oh, that's common. It's okay. But I, I mean, I've been told by my parents, of course, which I'm only 29, so I'm kind of young. Um, but my Oh, I'm not 29, not till Tuesday, next Tuesday, not tomorrow, but the next one. Um, but like my parents were saying, like back in, the, you know, when they were kids, there was, like they don't remember there being like ADHD and all these things, you know what I mean? And some people are like, oh, well, it's just, you know, it's something that was just recently discovered and all that. It's like, well, no, it's, it's a ploy of the enemy. The enemy, again, will find different ways for different generations to try to dismantle what God what God's will is for us. He tries to move us aside and he tries to immobilize us and make us all ineffective because here's the thing. One thing that, I'll say this, one thing that the enemy cannot do, the enemy cannot beat God. It's already, that's already settled. It's already, he's already been defeated. He's already been beaten. It's over. But what he can do is he can try to take us. He could try to take us down and, and make us not go to heaven, Right? Um, that's the only thing he can do. But here's the thing. A uh, key word in that was he can try because he doesn't have any say over it. That's up to us, right? So he can try, but whose report are you believing? You know, and that's where, again, we have to know what his word says. We have to speak what his word says so we can receive what his word has for us. Um, so I had some examples of, I feel bad because I'm about to take y'all through a lot of scriptures. <laughs> y'all thought I was done. No, but, um, so I have some examples of different ones, and some of them we won't necessarily, well, no, we'll probably go to all of them. Maybe, I don't know. We'll be led by the Spirit here. Um, but it, these different people, and there's, I mean, there's probably, there's a lot of different, um, there's some that I'm thinking about now that I didn't include on here, but there's a lot of examples of people in the Bible that they were faced with the same choices that we're faced with. Whose report am I going to believe? That question is asked to them. Maybe not verbally, but definitely in the spirit. It's like, what, what are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what God said? Or are you going to believe what the enemy said? So the first one I want to take you guys to is Genesis 2, 15 
that's kind of a lot, guys. That's a lot of scripture. <laughs> that's a lot of scripture. Um, well, I, I'll do this for this one because everyone knows. So everyone should know the story. I think that's here. So obviously, the story of Adam and Eve, right? To kind of condense it, so what God's word to them was, "Hey, you're free to eat from any tree in this garden, but not that tree, not the tree." of the knowledge of good and evil. For if you eat of that fruit, what's going to happen is you're going to die. So that was God's word, right? And then they're faced with now the other word, right? The other word is, let me find it here. Yeah, so the other word pretty much is little serpent comes slithering in and is like, well, you know, if you eat from that, <laughs> surely, you know, if you eat from that, surely you're not going to die. Like, and I would imagine it's, and of course, I'm kind of probably adding some stuff here, but I would imagine, you know, it's kind of in a way like, God doesn't know everything. You know, it's okay if you do that. You, you know, it's fine. You're not going to die. Like, that's just another piece of fruit. You'll be okay. And that choice was there for them, right? The choice was, the question that was posed was, whose report are you going to believe? Whose word are you going to believe? Of course, we know the, we know the answer to that story. <laughs> We're all here. But um, they chose to believe, and I say they because, um, and of course, I don't know if this is per se, like, written out directly in Scripture here, but I know a lot of people believe that Adam was right there when Eve was talking to the serpent. And what, and I, I think it's very important, and I think it goes, I, I, believe, I believe that he was right there. And one of the things is the whole time the serpent is talking, to Eve and trying to deceive her. What is Adam doing? Not speaking. He had the power right there to say, no, God's word says we're not eating of that tree. We're not doing it. But the enemy kept him silent. And so again, that's, an exa that's one example. The next example, I'll just give you all the scriptures. We don't have to go there. Just maybe some of them we will, but this next one is going to be Genesis, because um, this one's a lot. It's the whole Genesis 15, all of Genesis 26, or no, I think that's supposed to be 16. I'm sorry. Genesis 15, 16, 17, and 21. Yeah, these are all the chapters. <laughs> so we won't read through that, because <laughs> so, that's a lot. I thought I, might not, I thought I might run out of stuff, so I loaded up with Scripture, you know, because you can never be, never have too much Scripture. Um, and so with this, what this is talking about is it's talking about Abraham and Sarah, right? It's talking about how um, God had promised um, Abraham that his offspring would outnumber the stars in the sky, right? But him and Sarah didn't have any babies, right? They didn't have any babies. And so what, but here's the thing. What was God's word? God's word was that you're going to have a baby. And what did Abraham do? And well, actually not just Abraham, but what did Abraham and Sarah do? Because Sarah was definitely in on this. She said, okay, I'm not able to do it. She's like, I'm not able to have a baby. So here's my handmaiden. Uh, here's, I'm going to step outside of what God said here's my handmaiden, go ahead and have a baby, there you go. Um, and again, 
they had the choice. Whose report were they going to believe? They chose wrong. They chose to believe the lies of the enemy that, oh, well, my womb's too dead, right? But here's the good thing about this story is that it's never too late, right? So, yeah, you, you maybe had the you're, – you're faced with that choice more often than just – you don't have just one shot at that choice, okay? It's, it's a daily thing. That's, it's not just a thing of, oh, it's a one time, right? You, you're faced with that daily um, and that's the, that's the part that maybe can be more difficult is you have to choose to believe God's report every day, um, every moment. And sometimes we don't. But here's the thing with that story. As we know, um, God, they believed God and God did something for them. He at a really old age where he said that pretty much that Abraham, he was just, he wasn't able to right in the natural. And Sarah definitely wasn't. They, they said it was, you know, barren. So with that being said, it was an impossible situation, but God made it possible um, when they believed on him. And again, if you, de- if you dig deeper into these stories, you'll know like Abraham, when he received that promise, he, he was speaking it. Um, and then the next one I have is Exodus 14, 10 through 30. And this is the story of Moses and the children of Israel, or one of them. So, and this one, this one, I, listen, this one would have been a hard one for, I think, anybody. <laughs> um, so they, obviously, they're leaving Egypt. They're, they're getting chased by the army, right, the Egyptian army. And they have... The Red Sea on one side, and they got the army behind them. It's like we either and it, and here's the thing to think about too. So Moses, right? He is one one man, and we could probably look this up. I didn't on here, but I'm just thinking about it now. How many people, like we say, the children of Israel? How many people is that? It's a lot. It was a lot, right? So. One man, imagine one person, imagine yourself being faced with this decision of whose report am I going to believe? Am I going to believe, and it, not just for yourself, but for the children of Israel behind you. That's kind of scary, right? It was Exodus 14, 10 through 30. So with that being said, um, Moses had the choice. He had the choice to believe God right? That when he's lifted out his staff, that that sea would part. Um, and he, I will say, I mean, he, he did doubt a lot. Moses, <laughs> Moses was doubting a lot, but he also believed a lot. Um, again, so that, that's one of those things where we have to really put in perspective. There's going to be times where it's going to be tough for you to believe what his word says, because sometimes his word, we, we're constantly battered with the natural. We're constantly battered with, I mean, if, like I, I, I turned on the news today, like just for like literally two minutes and saw that there was a shooting and a tornado that took out, like there was nothing positive. There was nothing good about it. It was all negative. And I'm not saying those things aren't important. I'm not saying we shouldn't be informed about those things. Not what I'm saying, but it just goes to show you, you're constantly given bad reports. You're constantly given these things that are horrible, right? And those things happen. 
And those things are used, especially by the media, to cause you to fear. It's to cause you to, to doubt, um, you know, because a lot of the things that, God, that people say when, you know, a school shooting happens is, well, where was God? Or how, how did God let this happen With, when a natural disaster happens? You know, the, I think it was in Turkey, like crazy earthquake killed a lot of people. Um, it was where? Syria? Where did you say? Did you say something? Oh, I thought you said, I thought you said something. Uh, sorry, I'll call you out if you say something. No. Um, but that earthquake happened. It killed a lot of people. And all these things, they happen, of course, to say, well, where, you know, people think, well, where's God? Or, you know, all these things. But here's the thing. The enemy wants to use that to cause you to believe his report, to cause you to, to perish. I mean, that's really what the end goal is to steal, kill, and destroy you. So whatever he can do to get you over there to steal the word from you, to steal your promises, to steal what all these things that God's word says about you and says for you, if he can steal those away from you, then he can definitely kill you and he can destroy any hope of a future that God has for you. And, but that's only if you let him. Again, it's all, he doesn't have the power to do that unless you give it to him. And that's why we have to know what his word says. I cannot stress that enough. We have to know what his word says. Um, let me see. Then the next one I have is Numbers 13, 1 through 31, and then 14, 1 through 6. Now, this one is about, I think his name's Hosea. Hoshia? I don't know. Is that how you say it when it's spelled with an H? H-O-S-H-E-A? Hosea? Is that what y'all said? I don't know. Anyway, uh, we'll call him Ho Hosea. I like that. Hosea. Um, and Joshua and Caleb. And so this story, if you guys remember, is when God told Moses that he would give them a land overflowing with milk and honey and all of this. And Moses sent spies over to the land of Canaan to report back to him. So when they returned, the, and those are the people I named, um, they, reported good, they reported everything was good. But they did say, hey, there's some giants over there. Um, and they have big, great cities, all this stuff. So everyone in there, um, so at that time, Moses had two things he could believe. He could believe, okay, it's there. We have it. God said we can have it. He said we can possess it. Um, now, there's other, like I said, there's giants there. They're great cities. So there's a challenge there. But God said we could have it, like, right? So that was the other thing. And then he had the voices of all those other people there that were saying, well, no, it'd be too great. We can't take the city. We're only a few, you know. Um, and Caleb actually was the one that believed the word of the Lord. He said, no, we can do it. And um, so, again, you're faced with these decisions. Whose report are you going to believe? Um, we'll go to the next one. This one, you guys know, it's 1 Samuel 17, 25 through 34. And of course, this is the story of David and Goliath, right? So um, if you think about this story here, and we could, go, we could go to it if we wanted to, but David was literally discouraged from 
being there, I mean, even just being there, not even taking on Goliath, but just being at the battlefield from every step, his dad, I mean, his brothers, um, I think it's Saul. I mean, all, all of them, everybody was like, dude, you need to go. Thanks for the sandwiches. It's time for you to go home. Okay, thanks. See you later. You know, um, <laughs> is that funny? Uh, that's so funny. Um, but anyway, so, but he was, that's literally what it was like. And to the point where they were, I mean, and of course, everyone at that army was faced with the decision. Again, whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to re- believe that God is able? Or are you going to believe that this, you know, that Goliath is, is, is better than, you know, the Lord? And so the only person that day that believed the report of the Lord was David. And David was even, you know, and here's another example of how some, some things are packaged in good intentions, right? They're packaged in these things that look good, right? So what did Saul do? Saul was like, okay, well, if you're going to go out there, take my armor. But here's the thing. David didn't need that armor. That's not what he needed. That's not what God had equipped him with. God had equipped him with the, you know, the, the slingshot, you know. And so with that being said, it's sometimes the enemy will even try to work. If the enemy can't get you to, if the enemy can't discourage you from believing, he may try to get you in another way, right? He'll try to get you to, to accept maybe something that you're not meant to accept. Because I, I'll say this, if David would have went out there with Saul's armor, I don't know that this story ends the same way. I mean, I don't know that for sure, but I don't know, you know. Um, I mean, I can only imagine, for example, I'll, I'll use this example. If I sent my son Josiah out in my clothes, he would have a hard, and my shoes, he would have a hard time just walking, right, walking out. So think of it like that. Imagine if, if you were, if you were, um, put in a battle with armor and things that are not your fit. Um, if I go out here and try to prophesy on the streets, that's not necessarily, I'm not a prophet. You know what I mean? God can gift me with that, you know, and that's a whole other subject. Come back Wednesday nights for that. You know, I think we're talking about that. Um, but with that being said, that's not what God has necessarily gifted me with. So I would be putting on armor. I'd be putting on things that aren't me and going out there and trying to do it. So it's, it might not work the way it needs to. And so, again, David believed the report of the Lord, of what the Lord said. Um, then we got 1 Kings 18, 20 through 40. I wonder if this is the way people feel like when pastor's on it. Like, because I feel like I keep going. <laughs> I wonder if people are like, man, he better stop. Because <laughs> it's a lot of scriptures. Thanks for hanging in there with me, guys. I appreciate it. Um, so first Kings 18, 20 through 40. So this one is about Elijah and the prophets of Baal. So this one, again, if you guys haven't heard that story. So, um, let me see if my notes are correct here. So it says, um, okay. So Elijah had asked the people of Israel to choose, you know, which to follow. Cause there was a lot of gods in that time that people were trying to follow. Um, so instead of them immediately, instead of the children of Israel immediately answering, we'll follow you, we'll follow God, um, they were, they hesitated, they didn't answer. So um, 
Elijah was faced with, um, there was the prophets of Baal, which is, again, was another god in that time. And I guess it's probably still another god in this time, but <laughs> hopefully you're not believing that. Um, but they were faced with, they had all these offerings, right? They had all these burnt offerings, and pretty much it was like the challenge. And this is where the choice wasn't necessarily made in the challenge. The choice was made before the challenge. The choice was Elijah could have bowed down to, you know, what the majority would say, right? The majority would say, well, we're just going to do whatever we want to do. We're going to follow whatever gods we want to follow. But Elijah knew what God's word said, and that is that you have one God and you follow him, right? It's one of the commandments. Um, and so he was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm believing the report of the Lord. And I'm so confident in God. I'm so confident in his report that we're going to set these offerings out and you do what you do, right? You try to voodoo it up or whatever to get the fire to come, right, on your offering. And I'm just going to call it down from heaven and it's going to show. God's going to show himself because he's faithful. And of course, you know, they did their thing, probably did whatever, you know, chanted or something over it. And it didn't happen. And when Elijah did it, it was engulfed with flames because the Lord's faithful. And again, he had, was faced with that choice and he decided, I'm going to be so confident in what God says. Because I think also, and I may be wrong in this story, but I think that if he would have lost this battle, in, in essence, I think they would have either probably killed him, stoned him, sent him off in exile, something like that. Um, so he was so confident. He was willing to risk all those things. But here's the thing. In his mind, there was no risk. And I think that's also what I was trying to explain earlier when it comes to the settling that happens when you, you don't doubt in your heart. When you don't doubt in your heart, there's no risk involved. It's done, right? I mean, it, when something's done, it's done. Like there's nothing, there's, there's, no, there's no what if it doesn't happen. It's done, right? I mean, it's, it's already, like when you pay a light, when you pay your light bill, are you sitting there wondering, man, I wonder if they got that money. I wonder if I paid it. If you got the confirmation that it's paid, are you wondering about it? You're not, right? It's the same thing. God and by Jesus, what Jesus did for you is already paid for. The confirmation is in his word. That's your receipt. Go to the word. Say, Lord, the purchase was made right here at the, on the cross. I have my receipt with me. It's right here, enemy. The receipt's here. You know, and that's, that's the thing is we have to be confident enough to know what is worth. But here's the thing. If you're not looking at your receipt, then when somebody, if, or if you don't have your receipt, I mean, have you ever been to Sam's? You can't get out the store without your receipt because they're going to scan it, you know? So if you don't have that, you're not going to know what you, what is purchased for you. And so um, the next one is Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Um, and this one here is Jesus in the wilderness. I think we all know that one as well. So Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted of, of, uh, by Satan. And at every turn, and this, this example is probably one of my favorites because it is very, it means literally, literally it is what we 
should be doing when Satan comes to us. Like it's the most pure example of what we're talking about here. And that's when, when Satan comes to him, you know, and says something to him, well, hey, can't you, can't you do this? Can't you do that? Or man, you should throw yourself off of here. What does he do? He quotes exactly what God's word says. He speaks what, and, and he believes it, obviously, because, you know, he's God. But he believes it, but he, he speak, believes it, speaks it, and it's already been done. So in this instance, in every turn, because, I mean, there was several, obviously there's several times he was tempted. It was done. He spoke God's word, and when he did, the enemy fleed. See you later. And so we'll go to the next one, which is Mark 4. 35 through 41. And this one is the disciples in the storm, which I think you guys, most of you know this one, but to abbreviate it here. Um, so Jesus said, hey, let's get in the boat. We need to go over there to the other side. Jesus goes, goes to sleep. He goes, takes a nap. Well, maybe not a nap. I don't know. Could have been actually going to bed. I have no idea. Um, but a storm came rolling through, right? And the disciples were faced with a choice, right? What is that choice? Whose report do you believe? And Jesus had said, what did Jesus say? He said, we're going to the other side. He didn't say, well, we're going we're gonna to try to go to the other side. There's a storm coming. Hopefully it doesn't, you know, sink our ship, you know, whatever. He said, no, we're going to the other side. Um, because here's the other thing I, I will say about this, too. If you're in, like, the ocean or even in a lake or whatever they was in, you know, like, when you're in a, a place like that, you can see a storm, right? It's not, the storm's not a surprise. Like, I feel like you could see it, most likely. I mean, I know I, I even in Oklahoma, like, you can see a storm off in the distance. Um, and so when Jesus said that, I'm sure there was evidence of a storm, right? And so knowing that, Jesus went to sleep because he knew he was going to get to the other side. So when the storm came, the disciples, what did they do? Instead of believing what Jesus had said, that we're going to make it, they freaked out, did all sorts of stuff, and woke up Jesus. Jesus had to rebuke them, and they still made it to the other side. So moral of that story, again, is if you believe what God's word says, you can have a confidence Let's go back up to the top here. When you believe, you are accepting it as truth, right? When you accept, you're consenting to, that, to receive something. And when you receive something, you're, pay, you're paid something, you're presented with something, you've been given something. So if God said it, then you can believe it. And you can have it. You can receive it. Um, it's, it's for you. Um, another example that I don't, on, I don't have on here, and I'm not sure exactly where it's at, but um, it's another one with the disciples on a boat. So I believe it was Peter that Jesus came, which I'm going to say this. So Jesus was on the shore, and then Jesus came out on the water, which I think most people get real focused when he just like him calling out Peter and standing on the water. But something that I got a revelation, this is just extra, a little extra for you guys. Don't have to pay for this. Um, is think about this. So Jesus, because I always thought when I heard that story that Jesus was on the boat, I kind of missed the thought, oh, I have one. 
my lips looking dry. Let me get, let me get a little something. Getting a little raspy. But I always thought, I guess I missed that Jesus was on the shore. So I always thought that Jesus like walked off the boat and then asked him, come on. So if you're out in the sea, because we're not talking about a lake, but even if it was a lake, a sea is a lot bigger than a lake. So they're out in the sea. Jesus is on the shore. Jesus literally walked from the shore to the boat. Like that's a far way. He walked all that way on the water, which I think is just super cool. But um, when he got there, he asked Peter, he said, hey, come on out here. Of course, he probably didn't say it exactly like that. But come on out here. And so when he got out there, he started walking on water with Jesus, right? But the moment, so at first he believed, right? He was like, I'm walking on water. Jesus said it. I can do it. He did it, right? And in the moment he took his eyes off of Jesus and what the word says, right? What happened? Started sinking. And that's, that's true as well with, you know, when it comes to healing as well. Like, if you, that's why it's important that you make that decision every day. Because just as easily as you can become healed through God, you can also get yourself right back in it. And, but that, that's with anything. You can definitely, if you start to believe negative reports and start to speak them out, you can definitely go back to, because again, God said what? He said, there's power in your tongue, the love, life, and death. So when you, it can sway either way, right? Um, and then lastly, this is my last example, or last two examples, they're kind of all in one, is Mark 5, 21 through 43, So the, again, these are two are kind of co-mingled here. Um, so Jesus was on his way to go see, um, they said, it, I think it was, I think it said Jarius, Jarius. And then his daughter, which was like on her, pretty much I would say on her deathbed probably. They thought she was going to die. Um, and they had said, hey, c- can you come pray for my daughter? He's like, I'll be there. Um, and pretty much was like, she'll be fine. And um, so on his way, though, there's the woman with the issue of blood. The woman had, that had been, um, you know, bleeding for, I think it was like 12 years. And so one of the things with that story that she was faced with was, and this was a, again, you have to think, this was a 12-year-long battle for her. What was she had the the choice every single day of those twelve years? What is she going to believe? She's going to believe what she's heard about Jesus. She's going to believe what she's you know what the doctors of that time were saying, what her family was saying. And here's the thing: in in her early days, she probably wasn't believing. Well, I'll say this: probably with the timeline, because Jesus' ministry had started. So probably for the three years, we'll say, we'll say for twelve years, she had the the choice. Because at that time, you know, anyway. Um, but when Jesus' ministry started, so she had the three years from there to hear about him um, and believe what he could do. And so with that being said, um, she had a choice, though, all those three years, to believe what, what Jesus was saying, what God was saying, or to believe what everyone else was saying. And thankfully, because, again, this is an example, she could have maybe 
faltered every which way. We don't know. We don't know what she was doing those three years or 12 years, whatever. But what we do know is that day that Jesus was walking through, that moment, she had the choice and she chose correctly. She chose right. She chose to think of the supernatural. She chose to think that Jesus's word and what he can do is more powerful than what my mind is telling me, than what my condition is telling me. And she pressed her way through. It wasn't even like, because that crowd was big, because anywhere Jesus was going, crowd, I mean, I'm trying to think of how it would even be. It'd be like the running of the bulls or something. Like there'd be just <laughs> people everywhere. Um, it'd be like a, like a, uh, what are those things? A music festival or something. It'd be like a concert, like a mosh pit. I mean, it was like Jesus literally trying to just work his way through. I mean, why do you think he had 12, 12 big old dudes, fishermen dudes? I mean, he needed, he needed some security to make, make his way through the crowd. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just saying. Think about it. There's a reason. Um, but with that being said, she pushed her way through to touch the, just the hem of his garment. I mean, she knew she was so... She believed the report of the Lord so strongly that she knew if she just touched just the, just the teeniest bit of, of, of Jesus that she would receive healing. And she did so much so that the Lord was like, somebody touched me. And if you think about it, if you're in a mosh pit, everybody's touching you. You're getting touched by everybody. Um, so for him to say that almost is kind of funny because it's like, well, does Jesus somebody touch you? But no, he was like, he was like, somebody touched me. And that's the thing is, is, is one moment of choosing, one moment of believing and saying and receiving that can unlock your miracle. You know, we talk, we're talking about Miracle Mondays. Like that, you can have what's in the supernatural because God has paid for it. He's bought it. He's, I mean, he's ready to ship it. Free shipping. Free shipping for everybody. Amazon Prime, next day delivery. It's there for you. It's there for you. Um, and so anyway, so we'll go back to this story here. Um, so after he healed her, after, well, after really she received her healing, it really wasn't Jesus that was, I mean, Jesus was just kind of there. He was just walking through. Um, so after that, he was walking. He got to, to Jarius' house. And when he got there, the daughter that, they, they were like, she's dead, she's dead. And he was like, no, he's like, she's only sleeping. And he prayed for her and she, she rose up out of the bed. And so again, it's one of those things where, and this is more so about Jarius. He, had, he was the one that was like, you have to get here, you have to get here. He did, he, he did believe, you know, if Jesus is here, it'll be fine, right? But the moment Jesus didn't get there in his timing, right? Because again, we have a timing that we have in our minds. We think, well, I need it this time. I need it that time. Jesus knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. He knows exactly when you, he sees the beginning from the end. He knows it all. Um, God is outside of time. It's not, God can see it all. And so for Jarius, it was like he believed it until he saw his daughter pass, you know, pass away. And for him, it was like, man, you're too late. I think he even said that. You're too late, Jesus. She's dead. You know, she's gone. And that's when Jesus is like, dude, you don't understand. It's, it's, not, it's not too late. She's only sleeping. And boom, she rose up. And that's the thing is we have to, 
we have to choose, no matter what the circumstance looks like, what did God say? What, whose report will you believe? Are you going to believe what your circumstance says? Are you going to believe what God says? Are you going to believe what your parents say? Are you going to believe what your sister says, what your brother says? Um, are you going to believe what the doctors say? Are you going to believe, you know, somebody that have children? Are you going to believe what the teachers say about your children? Because it's not just for you. This is also for your family. This is for your kids. This is for, this is for the people that we stand in the gap for. Um, because sometimes, again, sometimes these things are, are, they're bigger than us, right? We have it. So if we have it and we, we are believing, we can stand in the gap for others as well, um, especially those who maybe aren't able to do it for themselves, especially like for children. Um, Cause the, you know, the children, they may not have these revelations yet, but we do, right? We can stand in the gap for them. We can um, pray those things over them. We can declare those things over him. That's why it was really important when, I'm gonna go back up and just reiterate this as well, is the definition of instruction, right? And, and that goes into saying. So when you're saying something, Think of it like this. You're instructing the atmosphere to mold to what you're saying. I mean, God, and, and God's the perfect example. What did he do in the beginning? He spoke. He spoke everything into being. And so when you are, when you are saying and you're speaking, you're instructing, you're ordering it, you're commanding it, you're giving it a directive, you're giving it a direction, a decree, you're putting down an injunction. So, and I like that one because I don't know if you guys know this, but like in, I believe it's in like legal terms, like you may, something may be going through, you know, to be passed or whatever, but it, sometimes there's an injunction made, which stops. It just bloop, stops what was already going. So that's what we can do in the natural. Your natural self, you may be on the downward decline physically, you can decree an, injun an injunction in that situation. Someone could be, you know, out there in drugs and alcohol and addicted to whatever, and you can, you can decree an injunction in that. You can say it stops here. This is where it stops. Um, you can mandate it. You can dictate to the atmosphere. You can command it. You can demand it. Um, you can make it a requirement. You can tell the atmosphere, this is a requirement. In my life, the word of God is a requirement. Um, you can put stipulations on it. You can say, uh -uh, I'm not accepting that because it doesn't have X, Y, Z. Right? Um, you can charge the atmosphere. You can give charge to something. You can make a ruling because th that's what we are. Um, we're, yeah, we're, we're rulers with Christ. Um, Again, you can make the pronouncement. You can summon something. You can subpoena something. You can bring warrant to it. Um, and again, you can order it to be so. And so with that being said, I just want to encourage you guys tonight as I'm closing up here that you all have, number one, the ability in you to do everything that God has called you to do and to believe what his word says. He's created you to believe. He's created you to speak. You are another, I think, oh Lord, we're another speaking spirit. I, there's, there's more into that. I think there's different Greek words and whatnot into that, but I don't know all that per se off the top of my head. But 
God created you to be just like him, another speaking spirit. So you were created to believe, to speak, and most importantly, God created you to receive. He created you to receive. And so I'm just going to say this one more time. So it, I'm going to say um, Matthew 21, 22. If you believe, then you will receive what you ask for, what you say in prayer. So the question I'll pose one more time is whose report do you believe? And whose report are you going to receive? Amen. Amen. Well, that's it. That's it, folks. Does anybody need prayer for anything um, in relation to, you know, tonight's message or, or healing or anything like that? Yeah. All right. Miss Rhonda, I'm asking you for some help up here, please. Elder Rhonda. Oh. And my lovely wife. Come on up, sister. Anybody else need prayer? Yeah, you can if you want to. I was going to have you release healing into the atmosphere. All right, so I'm going to have you guys pray, and then I'm going to do a general prayer. So, Father God, and if everyone else can pray in the spirit. So Lord, I thank you for tonight, God. I thank you that right now, Lord, that your healing power is flowing through um, each one of these that are praying, God, that this anointing for healing, God, is here. It's in the building. Lord, as we speak, as we declare, as we decree, as we command the atmosphere to shift, God, right now, we thank you that Lord, as they speak, that uh, healing is, is being poured out on, on these individuals up here, God. Lord, that healing is being infused into every cell of their body. Lord, that, Lord, everyone here tonight, that mindsets are changing, God, that chains are breaking over every single person. Lord, that anything that's holding anyone back in this place, God, we thank you that your word is moving forward in their life, Lord, and it's setting people free right now in the name of Jesus. God, the enemy can't do anything to stop it. Lord, the enemy can try, but all his uh, trying is futile. Lord, we thank you that your word does not return void. Your word goes out and accomplishes exactly what it was uh, set out to do. God, and right now we know that your word says that by the stripes of Jesus, Lord, that we were, we are, and we forever were healed. God, I thank you that right now, God, that the healing power of the Holy Ghost is flowing in this place. God, I thank you, um, Lord, that every sickness and disease has to bow unto the name of Jesus. Lord, every high thing has to be brought down under subjection to you. God, that, <clears throat> Lord, we bring it down right now. Every thought, Lord, every thought that says, um, that we are not healed, God. We bring it down. Lord, every thought that says that we're, um, 
that we don't have a sound mind. We bring it down right now in the name of Jesus. God, anything that's causing anyone to stumble, Lord, we thank you that those thoughts, those things are being brought down in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for it right now. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, God, we thank you, Lord, that your healing is flowing in this place. Yes, God, yes, God. We thank you for it right now. Right now, Jesus. Yes, God. Every single thing will bow to the name of Jesus. We thank you, God. Every sickness, every disease will bow right now. It has to, has no other choice. We decree it. We declare it. Lord, it is done in the name of Jesus. Lord, every sickness, every sickness, God, every cancer, Lord, every flu, every, every strain of the COVID virus, Lord, it has to bow to the name of Jesus. Lord, every mental disorder, God, every, um, Lord, every uh, mental disorder or, or things that would cause you to think, Lord, <laughs> Lord, things that would cause you not to think right, God, we thank you that right now those things are being brought down in the name of Jesus. Those things are bowing right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God. Right now, we thank you, God. Lord, we call it done, and it is finished in the name of Jesus by the work of the cross. We thank you that it was finished and paid for. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Lord, and we are receiving that package in right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that as we go tonight, God, that your word and your revelation would be with us. God, and that you would get us home safely in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Amen. Hallelujah. We got us some. Thank you, Amen.